Hi, everybody, and thanks for joining our weekly podcast. I'm Robin Lewis, founder and CEO of The Robin Report, which, by the way, is much more than a daily report. It really is a knowledge platform um, from which we communicate thought leadership on various strategic topics uh, through our daily reports, uh, but also these podcasts. And we do webinars and uh, hopefully in the future, uh, some live events. So uh, along with our chief strategist, Shelly Cohan, who by the way, is also a professor at uh, FIT and Syracuse University, we welcome you to our weekly podcast, the topic of which is Mad Men 2.0. I love that. <laughs> and, <laughs> and Shelly, yeah, I, I'm sure many of our listeners uh, tuned into our last podcast titled Brand Influencers and Celebrities Without Guardrails. Long story short, it really concluded that <clears throat> celebrities like Kanye West, uh, nicknamed, by the way, Yee, short for Yeezy, uh, getting his brand booted out of Adidas for his blatant, hate-filled, anti-Semitic rants, and like uh, Kyrie Irving being dumped by Nike for the same reason. Uh, and the point we made is that this kind of behavior uh, seems to be on the rise and really doing damage to the brands that they represent. And therefore, there is a major need among brands to develop guardrails into their selection of celebrity endorsements and for immediate suspension of any of those relationships that uh, turn harmful to the brand. So for this week, uh, we have a different, um, and I think more positive issue. Thank you. Uh, yeah, really. Something positive. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thankfully. Um, anyway, it's really an opportunity for retailers and it is accelerating. And calling our topic Mad Men 2.0, uh, is just a provocative lead into what appears to be a major transformation of how advertising will be structured and used going forward, particularly by brands and retailers. As I've said, um, you know, the giant ad agencies during its golden age, um, many clustered on or around New York's Madison Avenue, thus the TV series, The Mad Men. Sadly, in many ways, that golden age is soon to be gone or at least diminished, giving way to a new era of retailers as digital advertising mediums. For example, as stated by Brian Gleason, who's the chief revenue officer of Paris-based radio, and uh, who, by the way, developed media technology for Carrefour and Asda, he said the momentum behind so-called retail media is so great that it has the potential to usher in a new era of digital advertising. He said first came search, which changed the way we interact with consumers. <clears throat> then came social media, which uh, brought target audiences into clearer focus. And retail media is the third wave. He says the largest retailers in the world are becoming media companies in many different ways. Amazon, for example, 
as uh, you know, as they have in so many other ways, they have led the way in building a marketing business on the back of a sales platform, effectively creating a new form of mass media, actually in direct competition with traditional media as we know it. Its clients were advertisers who added $9.5 billion to Amazon's global revenue in the third quarter. Wow. Unbelievable. So Amazon's earnings report showed that its revenue from advertising was higher than fees from its Amazon Prime membership, audiobooks, and digital music combined. That's crazy. I know, I know. As well um, as more than twice the sales from its physical stores, <clears throat> including the Whole Foods grocery chain. So. Excuse me, as this new ad medium accelerates, it is stealing share from the declining dollars spent on social media that had a decade long boom, for example. Ad revenues at Meta, owner of Facebook, and Instagram fell 3.7% over the same period to $27.2 billion. And while total social media currently attracts more ad dollars, with a forecast annual haul of $65 billion, retail media is set to grow more than five times faster in 2022. Unbelievable. That's unbelievable numbers, Robin. When you look at the big picture, eMarketer estimates that advertisers... <clears throat> Get this, are on track to spend more than $41 billion on retail media networks this year. And that's an increase yeah. of 31% from last year. The forecast for retail media ad spending in 2023 is to climb over $50 billion. So it's going to be like $52 billion, which is a lot. Yeah. The ad revenues from retailers are really almost twice as large <clears throat> as radio and print combined. And the gap with television, which is forecasted to generate about 68 billion this year is really closing swiftly. And this is according to many industry experts, including eMarketer. And of course, let's not forget the world's largest retail overall. Walmart said last week, its ad revenues surged 30% wow. in the most recent quarter. And that's thanks to expansion of its media business, which is known as Walmart Connect. And also, they do a lot of uh, retail media ad in advertising in Instacart or Flipkart, rather, in India. So they're doing right. Flipkart ads in India and Walmart Connect um, in other areas. So the company's on track to generate $2.2 in revenues from advertising in the U.S. this year. So that's according to eMarketer. Wow. And in a recent earnings call, Walmart chief financial officer... John Rainey noted that advertising was not only faster growing than its main retail business, but it also had higher margins. Incredible, Shelley. Maybe Walmart is the new J. Walter Thompson. <laughs> right. <laughs> and, you know, there, there's also another obvious major advantage uh, that retail as an advertising media has over the old traditional advertisers, and that is data. 
tons of data. Um, they actually have the ability to understand customer behavior and to personalize advertising uh, like never done before. It definitely provides more sophisticated customer profiling. Oh, definitely. I have to jump in here, Ron, because the key benefit for any vendor or supplier that's going to partner with the retailer's media network is exactly what you said. It, but it's not just data. Here's the, here's the most important piece. It's first-party data. Absolutely. So yep. The vendors and suppliers have direct access to data collected directly from the consumer. Yep. So, and I even think, you know, the retailer uh, is be the retailers benefited from the added revenue that they're getting, obviously, the high margin revenue. Um, and now with cost of goods climbing, inflation continue to creep up, maybe it's a great time for retailers to get another revenue source. You know, then perhaps if they can get another revenue source, they may not have to raise prices uh, because of everything that's going on right now in the industry. The consumers also benefit because they're actually getting these higher levels of personalized services yep. and they're being targeted, marketed directly by the vendors that they actually want to hear from. So it's super targeted and it's very personalized. Yeah, Shelly, it, it, it's amazing. And, and uh, by the way, the head of uh, data and analytics for Accenture says that retailers are realizing they now have a certain scale of digital attention that allows them to monetize data, you know, really in a whole new way. Exactly. I think there's like three major points here. First, the rise of e-com. The second is the near eradication of third-party data collection. And of course, the decline of TV ratings. And all of these things are creating this higher demand for retail media networks. They need a different way to reach out and target uh, consumers. So obviously, the rise of consumer business has really been the conduit that is driving retail media advertising. And it just makes sense for a lot of retailers. I'll give you an example. You know, eMarketer did kind of an analysis on Best Buy in mm -hmm. a survey uh, with one of their uh, companies called LiveRamp. But Best Buy, their online sales more than doubled from where they were pre-pandemic. So now it's almost $17 billion compared wow. to 2019 was only $8 billion. Wow. So Think about yeah. our Best Buy, the wide range of products they sell, and how all those suppliers, all those vendors can benefit from a retail, you know, media network partnership with Best Buy. And of course, now Best Buy has a new growing revenue source. Yep. So according to that yeah. study um, by eMarketer and LiveRamp, the top 15 U.S. e-commerce retailers more than half of them actually have their own media networks. And many of these were launched coming out of the pandemic. I think the second point I mentioned is, you know, Robin, <laughs> throw out the milk and say bye-bye to third party companies <laughs> because right. they're going away. And I don't know if you remember, originally uh, Google was taking away third party cookies. They were supposed to do it in 2021. They pushed it to 2023. And now yeah. I hear it's even being pushed now to 2024. So they're trying to, what Google's trying to do is they're trying to get, aver, allow advertisers to really come up with a new game plan for advertising. 
um, or a better way to understand consumer behavior outside, you know, their own direct customer base, that first party data. So yeah. hence vendors can go to get retail media networks and go straight to the source where the consumers um, are interacting on an interface with a retailer. And the last point was just talking about the decline of TV watching and lower ratings. So advertisers just looking for new ways to reach market. So all three of these things are really driving the demand here. It's really, yeah, a very dynamic, uh, very dynamic uh, issue and concept now. So, you know, and everybody's getting into the game, really. Every, every major retailer is getting into this revenue stream. And, you know, we talk about this a lot in the context of you know, shortening shortening up the learning curve, but some retailers um, partnered with existing technology companies to provide a retail media network to its suppliers, while others are building their own in-house. Um, you know, mentioned Walmart Connect before. You know, the closed loop media business for Walmart is using um, third-party companies to manage part of its, uh, you know retail media network, like uh, getting Commerce IQ, that's a third party, to manage um, its sponsored advertising. They also announced partnership with the Trade Desk, right. which, yeah, they, and which will allow Walmart to actually provide media buying throughout the internet, not just within the Walmart ecosystem. So essentially, Shelley, Walmart is going after Amazon, as always, in securing a larger share of retail ad spending. Yeah, I mean, you mentioned the numbers earlier about Amazon, but, you know, Amazon was really the pioneer in this space. And they yep. they had like 89% of the market. Um, but that number is declining. As more retailers are getting involved, Amazon's share of market goes down. So the projection in 2023 is, Amazon advertising drops to 76% of the total market revenue. Uh, I say this lightly because, quite frankly, Robin, they still own right. 76%. I know. <laughs> retail unit network. So it's it's a drop, but, you know, they still own the majority of the market. You know, Walmart Connect is going to own about 6% by next year. And Instacart, which does a lot of the retail media network advertising, they're sitting around 2%. But there are other companies in the market. Target has Roundel, which is their retail mm. uh, media network. You have Retail Media by Home Depot. Wayfair has their media network. And yeah. get this, Robin, I don't know if you know this, but even Kohl's has Kohl's media network. Well, I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah, so, and yeah. I'm just mentioning, by the way, it's interesting that um, all of the retailers are rebranding the name. So they all came out with, like Walmart was Walmart Media Network. Yep. It's Walmart Connect. Target used to be Target Media Network. Now it's Roundel. So I find that interesting. Yeah, yeah, real interesting. Yeah, you know, they are uh, rebranding because they see the gold mine in the future, right? Um, retailers have always been great at marketing. And these new retail media networks are just that. I mean, it's a tremendous marketing opportunity. And it really benefits not just the retailers, but the suppliers and the consumers. Yeah. And Robin, there's many ways which these ads can be used online and even within stores. So online, there's like two main forms of promotions on home pages and product pages and search results. 
those akin to like Google. And unlike these very annoying banner ads um, that are embedded mm. videos that are plastered on the wider <clears throat> web, the commercials are typically kind of integrated seamlessly into the retailer's web design. So the shopper journey uh, isn't an, a, like an annoying journey. It kind of just right. seamlessly, you know. Um, and in the physical world, retailers are also finding even more creative ways to turn more of their properties into space that they sell to marketers from ad-supported in-store <laughs> radio stations that you can hear while you're shopping in a store to video yeah. displays on shopping trolleys that promote particular products based on the weather and time of day. You know, Tesco, for example, installed 500 smart screens at entrances to its connected stores through a partnership <laughs> with uh, J. Deuce, uh, I believe is the name of the company. Um, yeah, I, yeah. <laughs> but that's amazing. 500 yeah, smart screens. Yeah, wow. and Walmart just added video aspects to their retail media networks offering. So, you know, you see these digital displays yeah. throughout Walmart's physical stores. They're selling space on that as well. So get this, Robin. This is such a crazy statistic. Walmart has more than 170,000 digital screens covering their 4,500 retail stores. Wow. And Unbelievable. It's amazing. They range from TV walls to self-checkout screens. Um, and you can target these customers by region, by season, by you know community, by event. Um, and all this uh, information came from the analytic index. So yeah, and you know another point here, Shelley, is you know as online privacy controls have hurt rival digital media owners, especially social networking apps, <clears throat> the ever increasing uh, you know troves of data on consumer behavior that retails keep adding to becomes even more valuable, right? Absolutely. You know, Andrew Lipsman, um, who you know, he, he's like the e-commerce analyst for eMarketer, said, quote, you had a whole industry that was predicated on behavioral targeting and measurement, and it's being kneecapped. <laughs> it is. Especially, yeah, especially <laughs> in these inflationary times. Ad budgets are going to go where they have more certainty about return. Increasingly, that is retail media. Yeah, I, Andrew's great. He always has the best insights. Yeah. Um, and Robin, also, unlike social media, I mean, social media has to use these super sophisticated algorithms, right? Retailers, yep. in contrast, they've already assembled the databases because they have the transactional information. Yep. So here are the top three reasons um, that uh, consumer packaged goods companies and brands want to work with retail media networks. One is obvious, gain access to first party data. We talked about that. Um, the second reason that a lot of brands want to do these partnerships is to build a deeper relationship with the retailer. And a third big reason is they want to better understand the shopper. And yeah. this doesn't even like begin to discuss the endless opportunities with, think about co-branding, doing a bunch of co-branding advertising. So Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's a whole other thing, Shelly. And, and by the way, there, there are further advantages. Um, for example, online ads uh, can be a distraction, if not an outright nuisance. 
But when users are actively browsing for a particular product, products, it, it likely means they are ready to buy something. So they can be more receptive to commercial messages if they are precisely targeted, which the retailers advertising data are better, better equipped to do. Also, uh, the ability to reach shoppers near the point of purchase also gives marketers the ability to track the effectiveness of particular ads, you know, to show how they are, you know, <laughs> equating to purchases. Right. Um, but Shelley, the other thing about this is these uh, do not come cheap. Uh, several advertisers in the sector say it's not unusual for marketers to pay at least 10 times more for slots on retail media networks. 10 times more than programmatic ads on the wider web. So although the returns obviously can ultimately be higher, again, because of their ability to personalize. Yeah, I mean, I think, Robin, that maybe not everyone is convinced about the efficacy. Some executives say the ability to track like which ads are producing is not as sophisticated right now <clears throat> as promised. You know, it's like everything else. Show me the money, right? Right, right. <laughs> um, and another li limitation, according to Andrea Lee, former Amazon executive, said that unlike those ads on the open web, ads sold through retailers are largely confined to that particular company's <clears throat> own site. So you might run an ad on Amazon and the shopper might see it, but then they may go somewhere else to purchase the item, maybe at Tesco or somewhere else. Yeah, so right. with that said, we already have major players really kind of building out the retail media networks outside of their ecosystem, like you had mentioned with Walmart and the- Yeah, and Shelly, uh, you know, we can't forget about brands' reliance on retailers, right? It means that many lack the first party data of their own uh, about who is buying their products. And as we know, most retailers <laughs> jealously guard details about shopper behavior. Of course, we do know that, uh, that that is a friction point. Brands want access to it. Retailers don't want to give it to them. But Shelly, at the end of the day, um, for many large retailers, this is an alter alternative and additional profit center as we've just been talking about. So like all industries that have been fundamentally strategic and structurally directly or indirectly been altered by the epic technology era, we are now, we are now well into. The worlds of advertising and marketing have also been upended. Uh, for the good, greater efficiency and effectiveness and sadly, for ending the Mad Men era and um, three martini lunches. <laughs> <laughs> well said, Robin. For our listeners, you can find more of our podcast on Apple, Spotify, Sprout, and of course, therobinreport.com. Look for us on YouTube where we broadcast our podcast as well. And follow us on social media. Link in with us, please, for the latest thoughts about the industry. And now you can go have your three martini lunch. <laughs> anyway, thanks again for joining us. And as I say every week, if you have a topic that you would like Shelly and I to cover, 
uh, please send me an email to robin at therobinreport.com. Thanks again.